City Lights Equipping Podcast. My name, because my parents gave it to me, is Chris Armfield. And I'm here with my good old friend. My name is Oliver Wong. My parents gave me my name, too. Are you serious? Yeah, great. I have a Chinese name and an American name. Do you have a Chinese name? I have... I don't have a Chinese Wong? name. Lay on. For those that were wondering what my name was, that's what it is. L- what is it? Lay on. Leon. Yeah, like Leon? Like King of Leon. It is. Like yeah. the king of it. Yeah, because my name means peace, and we're talking about that. That's interesting. You know what that helps me do? Yeah. That true. helps me take my my next step with our friendship. <laughs> and that's exactly what the equipping podcast is to do. It's to help you find out where you are, and wherever you are is good. But we don't want to stay where we are because we're works in progress. God is using every single detail of life to make us more like Him. We'll feel like we're coming home. We'll feel like we're coming more alive. And so the equipping podcast with City Lights is really, it exists just to help you see where you are and help identify what that next step is. And we want to help you with that next step. Yep. And right now we're in a season uh, of Advent. So um, an Advent is a time which literally means to wait. It's interesting. There's a paradox there, Chris, because the equipping podcast is about next steps, whereas Advent's telling us to almost wait on the next step Hmm. Um, and, Hmm. and really inviting us to wait for him well. And not only for this Christmas, which is just, you know, obviously a day that we celebrate of Jesus coming, but also in waiting, we're, we're all waiting for the second coming, ultimately for the return of the King, of King Jesus in this Christmas season. We're learning how to wait well. And I think uh, there's an evangelist came to our church um, a while back, and he talked about that worship is actually uh, a waiting, and waiting is worship. As we wait on him, it's worship. We mm. think of waiting sometimes as sitting in a booth, just waiting on the waiter to come to us and ordering a meal and waiting for the kingdom to come to us. But rather, waiting on the Lord is actually much more active in that Hebrew sense of the mm. word. It is being a waiter for Jesus or waiter, a waiter on the Lord and asking him and serving him and asking him, what what's the next step and what do you want me to do, Lord? Anything you're saying, anything you're asking me to do, I'll do it. The waiting is so much more active, and so it actually does fit. Advent is a time of waiting, but an act, active waiting that is seeking the next step with Him. Well, what's interesting, you just mentioned, uh, I think we've all gone to a restaurant before, potentially one uh, that has a server at it, and a server that's really accomplished at what they do seems to anticipate your need before you have it. Um, they can tell if your drink needs refilled. They can even tell if you like your meal or not. Have you ever had a server come up to you and say, hey, is your meal okay? Because I'm, I'm noticing you're not eating it, and they always bring a solution, like a, one that's attentive. Uh, you can tell they're attentive because they come up and they say, I noticed this. Is this good or not good? Uh, well, it's okay. And usually if you say it's okay, you're like, well, it's not that bad. And a great server representing a great restaurant will say, we're not okay with just not bad. We actually want to bring something great to you. Can we offer you something else? Is there something else we can do to this meal, etc.? And so when you mention waiting like that, to me, that's a totally different waiting than at a bus stop where I'm doing nothing right. but waiting for something to happen. Um, I like the, it's more of a proactive waiting. It's an active waiting for a server. They're watching over finding something that maybe isn't good or could be better, and they're going in and accomplishing that. Um, You know, but today is about peace. Mm -hmm. We're celebrating that, you know, we light a candle, we just lit the candle of peace, and we're celebrating that. That doesn't seem like, uh, although I like to talk about waiting, um, I wish that waiting like that had something to do with our peace, and maybe it does, maybe that's where you're going to bring us uh, today, but Advent meaning waiting, what does that have to do with peace? Or does it, you know, or, or is it just, you know, a fun symbol? It sets us up really brilliantly because peace is viewed as a, much like waiting as a passive endeavor. 
But if you look at the scriptures, the idea of Matthew 5 is he talks about Matthew 5 is blessed are the peacemakers. Hmm. Making is a verb. Peace is an action. It's okay. Something you need to bring, something you need to protect. And ironically, even something you need to fight for. Hmm. Think about we have to fight for mm-hmm. peace. Uh, the difference between uh, a peacekeeper and a peacemaker, uh, those are two separate things. Peacekeepers kind of passively hope that peace just happens. Well, when we see it in the in the scriptures is that Jesus came to this earth. He didn't do it from the clouds passively. He came to the earth to bring peace, and he calls us in our following and discipling to make peace as well. So this is the quote from Martin Luther King Jr., which I think is pretty stirring um, as well. It says, true peace is not merely the absence of tension, not the vacuum of violence. It is the presence of justice, or we might even extend that for our terms to say the presence of Jesus is the only uh, pathway to, to true peace. Um, and so uh, we, we're focused this week on peace. Um, and Chris, would you um, share a little bit from Luke chapter 2 as we yeah. tra- travel along in that story to hear um, about the coming king as we wait on him? Um, wh- where do we see peace hmm. in, the, uh, in the Christmas story? It's, I, I hope, hey podcast listener, I hope you're hearing this. Peace is not insulation from war. Peace that we're talking about today is not comfort, hide, fluffy pillows. Peace, biblically speaking... Uh, I'm about to read from Luke chapter 2, but I also refer to 1 John where it says that Jesus came to destroy the works of the evil one, and he was wow. successful. That's good. He actually came. So the kingdom of peace came with war. So, I mean, just if podcast listeners, just start to visualize that as I read, because if we think about peace as the absence of conflict, we may be completely missing the the prince of peace in his kingdom and how it, how it fits and how it comes about. Luke chapter 2, verse 8. In the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone all around them, and they were filled with fear. And the angel said to them, fear not. You know, that's the most often spoken command in the Bible. Fear not. Do not have fear. For behold, I'm bringing you good news of great joy that will be for all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David, a savior who is Christ Jesus, the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel, a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Mm -hmm. okay, so that's pretty interesting. It's powerful. It's, It's captivating. We didn't really hear much about peace yet. We just heard about a majestic baby, but listen to this. Here's what they said. Glory to God in the highest. Mm -hmm. And on earth, peace among those with whom he is pleased. If you put that passage with the first John passage, John was one of Jesus' closest disciples who he did things with. John writes, the latest writer of all the disciples, meaning he wrote last, and he makes it a point to say, Jesus came, he was born in a manger to destroy the works of the evil one. But these angels say, he comes bringing peace for those who he's pleased, but those who he is not pleased with, he brings peace war wow and he, he really comes to bring destruction hmm. that's uh that's not the common kind of stereotypical viewpoint of six pound you know <laughs> Jesus, right? Yeah, I mean, right that's kind of it's you gotta you gotta take all mm. of him and, and when you take all of him and when you worship all of him he brings more than just uh our kind of boxed in comfy cozy viewpoint of what peace would be or what jesus would be and he comes and violently attacks some of those things and as you say a lot of times you know, we're safe in him, but our idols are not. Right. And so um, he, he does come to bring peace, but not the sword. 
uh, but his he does have a sword. The, the scripture is described as a sword, and that sword is to cut out, mm. you know, those principalities, those evil things that you know we're not flesh and blood. We're not we're not enemies. Mm. You know, there's 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 spirits and principalities that divide us as a ch- as, as churches, as friendships, as marriages that come to attack and create disunity or lack of peace. He's come to make war mm. on those enemies. Um, not our, on our not our friends or family, but on those enemies that would cause division, because division itself and the lack of peace shows the lack of shalom and kingdom. Well, let me mention something here, and this is a question for you guys, the podcast listeners. This is really important. Please, please tune into this. Um, try to really comprehend and think through this with me and, and Oliver for a moment. Have you ever been in a relationship with God, and maybe been in a relationship with God for a while, and and you hear about Him being uh, the Prince of Peace, but you don't, you kind of lack peace in your life, and you feel tumult. Maybe chaos, maybe maybe like waves, it's tossing and turning, and you you might be like, God rescue me, God rescue me, God rescue me. Have you ever thought possibly, now uh, possibly, that it's actually him coming to make war against things that are not true peace, mm-hmm. that he's disrupting pseudo peace, a fake peace, uh, oh, me and her are okay, but then when she walks away, you go like, oh yeah, but she's this and this, and it's all, it's like a southern fake peace, and God goes, mm-hmm. no. I'm gonna. You're gonna get caught with that gossip, uh, or and so he tends. I I just see that as I've walked with God, Oliver. I don't know if you would say the same, but as I've walked with the King of Peace, he has made war against, as you mentioned, things that I have been passive about, complacent about. Uh, I'm not talking about like read the Bible more. I'm talking about where I have allowed the old world and the old man to linger. He brings peace in that place by removing it. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, so, so podcast listener, have you ever, and maybe you are right now, you're not experiencing peace. And I'm not, I'm not necessarily talking about an emotion. I'm talking about the deep core of you. Is there calm and rest and peace? And I'm not talking about anxiety necessarily but in a physical sense. I'm talking about God loves you so much that he's jealous for you to experience his peace. So he will make war against the idols that you cling to. And so, I mean, sincerely, if Jesus is a peacemaker, he has a sword. Mm-hmm. Um, if he's a peacemaker, he has a scalpel and he's really willing to remove infection that we would prefer because we think we want it. So maybe sometimes, and I'm, listen, I'm not saying disease, divorce, betrayal, and lying is of God. I'm not, not saying that. So I want, I want you to listen with a, you know, a wide open lens, but zoom it in some. God makes war against unforgiveness. Mm-hmm. God makes war against um, hoarding and greed. And God makes war against vanity and insecurity. Um, and so he doesn't send you cancer so that you aren't as vain. You know, mm-hmm. that, that's not what I'm saying at all. That's, not, that's so unlike him. So Oliver, I'm just very stirred about that. You've told me, you know, I've been to Israel and uh, your friend went to Israel and he came back with an interesting perspective on shalom. It is a word we use at City Lights, but it's not necessarily a word that the United States of America uses a lot. Why don't you share uh, about just as I'm talking about war and peace and idols could you help maybe bring a clear picture of how a Jewish mind would think of shalom as not, um, you know, it's two parts in a sense, but there's a predominant theme. Share a little bit of that with us. Yeah, the, 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 the uh, quote that my friend brought back from Israel, his time in Israel, he said the rabbis there, as they talked about the kingdom of heaven, they said the kingdom of heaven is a shalom that is brought into chaos, a shalom mm. brought into chaos, that all around there is a chaos because of brokenness, because of sin. N.T. Wright says Jesus came to put the world back to rights, not only to pull people out of the world back into a right perspective in heaven, but to actually bring heaven down to earth and to bring light into darkness is something that we talk about um, here at City Lights. 
And so as we talk about even waiting for him, waiting for his second coming and waiting for Christmas, worship is waiting. Waiting is not passive. Peace mm. is not passive. If you're a waiter, as you're saying, the, the uh, you kind of alluded to it earlier, the better waiter you are, it's actually the more responsibility you're taking. Mm. It's not yes. that yeah. this table just good. is for them and you know it's their responsibility to have a good time and if they like the food or not. I'm asking my questions. I'm bringing the things to the table mm. because I'm responsible. I'm taking responsibility over my neighborhood, over my school. Now, as I'm transitioning the metaphor into my marriage, I'm responsible. If there's somebody getting bullied that has nothing to do with me, mm. if I'm part of the kingdom of heaven and I bring light within me, I have power within me, and that's not for myself. It's for others. And so part of my duty and responsibility is to recognize chaos in my world and at times fight for the peace or the shalom that needs to be brought into it. That's that's part of our assignment. That's part of our commission here well, on Earth. I'm pretty stirred up by what you just said. It reminds me of the last episode of Seinfeld where they did not help somebody across the street. I don't remember what it was called, but they broke a law. <laughs> if you see somebody in, dan- in trouble and you don't help them, they got arrested and thrown in jail because they didn't act as a good Samaritan. And in some ways, although I was very dissatisfied with that last episode of Seinfeld, it is a little bit like the kingdom of God. I mean, you just you just up the ante. You know, like it's one thing to talk about my actual address, my office, my family, maybe some of my extended family, and and definitely my core of friends, but maybe some of my outside friends. You're saying if I'm in Walmart and there's injustice, I'm there. Right. God sent me there. I mean, and when you're talking about that waiter, I mean you. You sounded like we have seven seats at the table, but one seat's left open because that's actually where the server is, but the server will never sit down, but they belong. You use the word responsible. They're part of it. Mm-hmm. So like, wow, yeah, a really great server is part of the family. In that moment, they are filling every gap of injustice. Now, my water getting low is not injustice, but when you think about shalom, it's like that. Mm-hmm. Shalom is a is a is not just the absence of like it's not fasting and right. and wandering. It's feasting. Right. And so shalom looks for all the gaps are. Peacemakers look for all the gaps are and goes to fill them. Yep. And I understand with relationships, sometimes it can be tough if you're not ready to forgive. It's very difficult to see lack of forgiveness and go fill it when you don't feel it yet. Mm-hmm. But you know, I. I know for me practically, and I think Oliver, if we could maybe share some practicals, mm-hmm. um, how do we proactively, like that server, wait uh, on the Lord to bring peace? Mm-hmm. But I think maybe a better way to ask that question is, how is God bringing peace through you? So podcast listener, and Oliver, I'm throwing it to you, and then you throw it back to me, really. Um, podcast listener, how might God use you between now and December 25th? Let's just kind of put a gap on it, a, a limit. What would it look like for you to listen and say, God, is there injustice around me? Is there forgiveness that's outstanding? Are there hurts and wounds? Have I not forgiven someone? Have I not asked for forgiveness? Have I denied somebody an opportunity to to get out of their situation, and you want me to go into that place? Maybe there's war, uh, or maybe there's pseudo-peace, and you're actually going to go break up pseudo-peace between some friends that are your friends, and go, hey, you know, when I'm with you, you talk about her, and then when I'm with you, you talk about her. And I just want to put you guys both in the same room and just say, I'm going to be willing to make this a little more difficult so that we can actually have true relationship. And that, I think that's what a peacemaker would do. So you listener out there, as Oliver shares his example and I share mine practical from our own lives, what would it look like for you to wait proactively like that great server who is, who's part of that family, who's part of that conversation, who's part of that business, who's part of that collective? What would it look like for God to use you as a peacemaker rather than a, a passive yeah. keeper, passivity keeper in a sense. Yeah. Well, I think it's the reason why it's called a peacemaker and not a chaos fighter. Hmm. Um, because 
the reason why ultimately yeah. we are not we are not fighters so much as peacemakers uh, is because we are uh, we are focused on bringing shalom and not necessarily one of the things you get on Facebook that's so frustrating is everybody has a solution to the problem but nobody or excuse me everybody has the ability Complaint. to point out the problem yeah. but no solution for it yeah. you know and this is what's wrong with that party and that party's doing this and so on and so forth well the real question that stands I think for the church and the Christian community is to stand up and say okay but what's the shalom look like because we can't lead anybody to a place we don't know what it looks like and doesn't it look like point out the problem no problem with that having a solution thank you but who's going to do it Right, <laughs> you know, right, so like, sure. yeah, I mean, leadership identifies a problem. That's great. You know, podcast listener, maybe you have a lot of problems. Like somebody should do something about that. <laughs> I tend to think if you see a need, it's for you to fill it. That's good. I mean, always, if you see it, then do it. Yeah. You know, I mean, simple. Well, even back to the, the practical level on the home life side of things, um, we've all seen families that function and families that don't. And hopefully the church of God will be a functional family. I believe that God has designed family for a purpose. And even if we mm-hmm. just focus on family, that's one of the hardest places, I think, sometimes to bring peace, and it's a challenging place, but a place that, that Jesus wants to have dominion is, is in the family. Oh, yeah. There. Um, it's just that to think about, maybe not the, the, the chaos side of it or the, the, uh, the sins that have caused disruption or dysfunction in the family or some of the cycles that we continue to see and just give up kind of hope and kind of slip into that passive mode, but maybe waiting on peace in family mm. is, is taking our eyes off of the problems and putting our eyes and our focus on on the peace. And I just hmm. joke about this, but you know, between you know Kyra and I, for example, I mean, I I like to think that we have a, a healthy relationship as God has blessed us in the last ten years to learn how to love and steward each other in the way that the Bible talks about it, Ephesians five and other places, not the way that the world would deem right, but mm. the way that Christ would love the church and laying down life and so forth. We really have a heart to do this in our home. Um, I found that every good you know marriage has good cooperation and conflict is a part of good intimacy we have to learn how to mm-hmm. disagree well and learn yeah. how to to find the chaos which isn't really me fighting against Cairo, but finding the temptations of division within the marriage bringing them to the table in light of jesus and finding redemption and cooperation and intimacy in that and so just simple things of 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 when we get into conflict i'm trying to think of one in specific i guess you know like for example on the weekend how we spend our weekend hours she pretend she she would prefer to uh, be a lot more active than me. She's much more of a morning person than me. She wants to, you know, kind of get things done and go on adventure, and I'm much more of that, you know, let's sit around and listen to Bonnie Bear, I guess, and kind of hang out. Um, and so instead of being like, hey, I think in the first couple of years, Kyra, like, calm down. You're always moving too fast. Why do we have to get up this early? You know, you, you just have issues and ju- moving into the judgment <laughs> and trying to attack the chaos side of it or to mm. attack the problem side of it. Or her coming back to me and be like, you're, you know, you're just such a, a slug and you don't want to do things and, you know, we can sleep in heaven or whatever, you know, moving into that side of things. But instead of focusing on what's not there, focusing on what is there, focusing on the shalom and creating a vision for how is this going to look, um, what, what does the solution look like, not the problem? And so our weekends have looked a lot more like compromise, like a win-win to where there is kind of a slow coffee music morning, but we are taking a pace towards getting things accomplished um, in the home, which, which which fulfills the vision that God has given given her. Stephen Covey calls it a win-win, trying to find that win-win. I just find, Chris, and it's hard to really prescribe things at this point because we're all in different situations with right. different people, believers, right. non-believers, people at different stages of life. It's hard to prescribe, but I do think we can commonly say, listen, focus on the yes, focus on the, on the shalom in the relationship, fight for, okay, I understand you can see the problem in the, in the relationship politically or in terms of family, but what does the solution look like? What would it look like if Jesus were in the room and what would health look like 
and let's try and paint that picture together so we can move towards something together rather than focusing on trying to uh, uh, eliminate the problem or what's wrong yeah separately that's good um man families you know we have so many interesting conflicts i when I think of the word conflict or chaos, uh, the scriptures, you know, as you're talking about point to the positive, not being just like optimist or, po- or pessimist, but thinking of the gold or the treasure there, um, gold rock has to go through conflict of fire in order for it to come become something great. So conflict can be used for glory, just like an athlete can use resistance on their body to make them stronger. Uh, I, I can say for me, I think in the last few weeks, I've had a lot of opportunity for peacemaking. Here's what it's looked like. Relationships are good. They're okay. But when their name's mentioned, there's a little bit of, okay, I'm glad I don't have to be in relationship or be in this with this person or that. I was thankful for the, the gap. Now, I realize in the kingdom of God, there won't be gaps between us in heaven. And so I went, that's not okay. Now, in a few cases, I needed to forgive someone. Uh, and I couldn't <laughs> emotionally. I was hurt. I just, I mean, I'll just be raw. I was hurt. What I did do is go, okay, but what's true? And I went, well, this person is a brother or sister in Christ. That wasn't my choice. That's God's. So they are my family member in Christ. Ugh. Okay. That's going to be true in heaven. How can I make that true on earth? Well, I literally went and said to them, Hey, I'm, I'm upset and hurt by what you did, but I need to remind you that you are my brother or sister in Christ. Mm-hmm. The next thing I had to say is, um, I know better than this for you. I've watched you in your life, and this was out of character. Even if they'd done it a hundred times, I went, yeah. because who you are in Christ, this is not what he has for you. It's not his shalom. Right. And so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to actually strike the sword against that action. I'm going to forgive that action because I don't think it's you. I think they were seeing themselves through a different lens. And the last but not least piece, I've looked at them and said, I forgive you. And I had to say what they did as an offense. And I said, for sinning against me. And I, I mentioned other people they sinned against. And I just pardoned them. Um, and so I, I, I did that a few different times this last week. And I'll tell you what, Oliver, in podcast listener, if you ever lack motivation to bring peace like that because they don't deserve it, let's be real. They sin, they hurt you. They don't deserve to be restored with you or to get God's forgiveness. But uh, the thing that primed all this for me, by the way, is the Lord just reminded me, he's like, Chris, wow, you've been forgiven so much. You're like, yes, Lord. And he said, which means you get to forgive people much. I went, oh, now I was glad for it because it helped me. He, it, Jesus did it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you see that? He made war against my assumption that my sin was less or that my sin's taken care of mm-hmm. and others aren't. So I, I guess that would be the way I'd love to close out our podcast. Um, mm-hmm. Listener out there. I, I'm willing to bet more than anything, um, there's something lingering. Mm-hmm. Spouse, child, parent, boss, coworker, friend group, um, church. Maybe it's with your pastor. You were hurt by something that was said. You took it personal, and you're just, you're just putting space between you and him or city group leader, whatever it might be. Do not, I say this in a kind way, but I say it as a prophet. Do not believe that you're living in the shalom of God if you're letting that linger. Mm-hmm. I, I just, I love you too much to, to let you go around thinking like, oh, well, I'm good. I didn't do this. It's not my part. That's a lie. You are forsaking peace for yourself and you're forsaking your place as a maker of peace in that relationship. So I just, I, I just want to urge you and I'm going to ask Oliver to pray for you for peacemakers. They're all on the other end of this listening that we would take our place as peacemakers. We'd make war, but in a timely way. There is waiting, but it's, it's waiting saying, I'm ready to fill that cup. How do I do it, God? I'm going to go. So peacemakers out there, you are. Guess what? You're a peacemaker. You are. You are. You're going to do great. At, I don't like conflict. That's okay. This is not about that. It's about bringing the kingdom of peace. So where are those things lingering? Would you be willing to say, Holy Spirit, how will you use me 
to go bring peace. And Oliver, would you mind closing us out? And would you just pray for people to be agents of peace wherever they are? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, thank you, Lord, for your um, just your shalom that moves in and eliminates darkness, mm-hmm. that eliminates chaos. Yeah. Thank you, Lord, for clarity. And I just pray for our church specifically mm-hmm. for unity and for an increase of, of, yeah. of community and true intimacy that doesn't just come from passivity or the lack of violence, but it comes from the presence of shalom. I thank you for decreases of uh, divorces, divorce rates in our mm. city, God. We thank you yeah. for um, the uh, reestablishment of father-son relationships in Jesus' name. We thank mm-hmm. you for the, uh, the holiday season that represents your shalom that that could maybe mean a phone call to someone we haven't talked to That's in right. three years. Yes. Um, we thank you that those things are, are not in vain um, and that those bring life and they that um, the opposite's true too. A little bit of darkness in, in life, even if it's mm. not front and center or something that we deal with on a daily basis, is ling- is hindering us. Mm-hmm. And just as Chris said, thank you, um, as Chris even just declared prophetically, that you are opening up uh, prison doors there and, right. and breaking chains that yeah. we didn't know we had on us because of unforgiveness mm. um, in our past. So thank you, um, not just for feeling good mm. and having the, the air cleared, so to speak. We thank you for true peace that does mm. represent your kingdom that will remain forever. So mm-hmm. thank you for investment in that type of a kingdom that's bringing shalom into chaos. Yes. Uh, assertively and aggressively. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Guys, we will talk to you soon. We look forward to talking next time. What's our next topic? We're going to talk about joy. Hope, true kingdom joy. peace, and then kingdom joy. Yeah. We'll see you next time. Love Adios. It. Bye.